on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We recap OU's recruiting hall on National Signing Day, and then we talk about a lot of other stuff with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, December 21st, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of December, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now recording this early Wednesday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted, you're playing a road game. Holidays playing, are here, baby. I recognize that basement. Playing a road game, but I happen to play really well in this venue, so it's not a bad uh, thing at all. Yeah, we are hanging out at the sister's house, so it's Christmas, man. Spend the time with family. Let's go. My my favorite part is you. I feel like we've been doing this podcast for long enough that there's going to be some people that watch on YouTube. They're going to turn it on. They're going, oh, Ted's and his sisters. <laughs> and that uh, makes yeah. me happy, you know? That's right. That's right. We know all the hot spots by now. That's awesome. So we, we did the signing day coverage for Oklahoma earlier today. And let's just get straight into it, man. 24 as of now 24 signees for Oklahoma in this class and right now sitting at the number seven or number eight recruiting class in the entire country you get a five-star quarterback you get a five-star pass rusher and that's all after a six and six season so you would think the fan base feel would feel really good about things and that's just not how it goes with this fan base. And that's just not how it goes with recruiting, man. Of course, all anyone is talking about is the two guys that they missed on, or did they miss on them? I the Peyton Bowen situation. What is, what is happening? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's um it's wild to witness it to to see how this whole thing is. And and this isn't necessarily a new thing whenever it comes to commits and decommits and last minute picking up different hats but 
Um, this one is interesting. You know, he's he's been committed to Notre Dame for a long time. Um, Oklahoma has been a place where he's visited multiple times. There's a lot of reasons to to tie him here. He's been very tight with the coaching staff. Uh, a lot of folks on the coaching staff felt very strongly that he was going to be coming to Oklahoma today, and he picks up the Oregon hat. So Oregon was able to get in late, even though he never took a, an official visit to Oregon. They were, were able to sway him, I think. So as we are recording this, okay, and we have never done an emergency podcast, we're not going to do one d- depending on a Peyton Bowen decision. I'm sorry. We're just not going to do that. It's not going to happen. But as of right now, the hat ceremony took place about five hours ago. And Oregon is still yet to receive a signed letter of intent from Peyton Bowen. And I checked Oregon football's official Twitter. This is how you know it's official, people. When the official Twitter account puts something out and they tag the prospect, that's like, hey, they have gotten it. It's signed, sealed, delivered. Oregon football has not put anything out about Peyton Bowen. So a truly strange situation right now. And by the time some people listen to this, maybe that signed letter of intent has come in. Maybe he's an Oregon duck, but the fact that you do the hat ceremony and then they don't get the letter of intent right away. This is um, interesting to say the least. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. And I don't know like what all's going on there. Um, like why that would happen. It's just, it's weird. It's to to pick a team, well, to flip a team and then pick it and then not sign or at least send your letter in, then I, I don't know. I don't know what to say, honestly. I guess I'm I'm at a loss. I've never seen that before. As my wife makes an appearance, first time appearance on the podcast, honey. Hi, Aaron. At the door. Thank you. <laughs> I'm keeping all that in. Oh, I man. obviously a lot of people had eyes on that Peyton Bowen uh, commitment situation. I'm not a body language expert, but his mother did not seem overly thrilled with the decision. Yeah. I- so maybe there was a family discussion of some sort afterwards. I don't know, but this, we haven't seen many like this, and OU just happens to be right in the middle of this one, which makes it even more fun for us. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. You know, it, this is a it, – it's an interesting situation. You know, there's a lot of people that felt the entire time that he was coming to Oklahoma. So, I, whether he was just stringing o- Oklahoma along and never considered coming here, I don't know, or is Oklahoma the place that he really wanted to go to and was swayed late by some outside influence? You know, in a perfect world, you would believe that these kids are making these decisions, you know, not not necessarily on their own, but like going where they want to go. And it's just not always that easy. I, you know, I don't, and I don't know anything about his case in particular, but I know that often happens to where, you know, high school coaches, uh, family members, friends, there's a bunch of different people pulling you in a bunch of different directions. 
Yeah. So I we'll just move on from it. If something happens while we're recording this, we will uh we will update it. But certainly the Peyton Bones situation, a very interesting one. The other prospect that the Sooners miss out on that has been a big topic of conversation among the fan base is the fact that Tasilia Kana has signed with Texas. Now, you never want to lose out on a blue chip edge prospect, right? You can never have too many of those types of guys, especially it sounded like Econo had a very good relationship with Miguel Chavis. Sound like he really liked the staff, but ultimately ends up choosing the rival, man. Not, not what you want to see. Not ideal, buddy. No, not ideal. Um, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Um, you know, big edge guys got long arms, um, you know, started off as a corner way back. And he, so he's got some really good feet, good ball skills, tons of upside. Um, you know, it's interesting because in the past you would be upset. You would perhaps lash out in anger, but this day and age, the recruitment is not dead. Right. You do not want to burn any bridges with any players that you didn't happen to land. So yeah, it's 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 been a fascinating day. Oh for two on the, the two guys that we we hope to land today last minute and would have really been a boost to the class, which is already a really good class, but that kind of would have been the cherry on top. So frustrating. I don't know necessarily if it's frustrating, but it didn't end with the boom that we hoped. Yeah, I'll say this, and I think it's important for the fan base to remember it as well, right? And and I know that there are only a handful of people that that fire off the what's wrong with you tweets uh, when recruits pick another destination. But just remember, with the way that the portal works now, don't fire off that tweet, right? Just, Just keep it. Just keep it to yourself because you never know one of these prospects recruitment could be open again here in a year. Four months. Yeah. Five months. I, I mean, the next transfer portal window. So yeah. just always keep that in the back of your mind. If you're one of those people that's thinking about firing off a rude tweet to an 18 year old kid, don't do it. Don't do it. Cause that guy in fact could end up, considering Oklahoma again, especially with, let's just be real, with the way that Venables establishes relationships with people, he leaves a mark on recruits. I, I mean, he he barely even recruited me, and I remember the first time talking to him being like, whoa, that guy's incredible. So if, if, these guys, if some of these guys end up jumping in the portal, like they're going to think about Oklahoma because of the type of relationship builder that Venables is – so don't ruin that by saying a bunch of crazy stuff on Twitter, people. Yeah. I mean, you just got to remember if I take, for example, the Peyton Bowen situation and Oregon. Oregon comes in late. You know, I'm sure the, the rumors of the NIL stuff are, are probably true, but they come in late. They probably offer something that, that nobody else was was able to offer as far as NIL is concerned. And you know, a kid in Peyton Bowen's situation, it can be tough to turn that down. But, like, if that's the basis of your relationship with the coaching staff, I it's, I mean, you're talking surface level, you know. So, 
if that's going to be the thing that sways you to go somewhere, my gut tells me that you're not going to be necessarily anchored in it like it would like you would be if a really good relationship with the staff, with the coach, with the position coach, uh, you know, with one of the assistants, like that is what keeps guys anchored in. So we'll see. Yeah, and I, I think one of the good things about this signing class for Oklahoma was there were 23 guys, right? That going into today, we thought we're going to sign with Oklahoma. And all 23 did. And there's been some signing days in the past where that has not been the case. So I I think that is an extremely positive sign. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to have a top three class? Absolutely. Do you want to have a top five class? Absolutely. But the number seven, number eight class after a six and six season, like, I think it's a solid starting point, but the fact that everyone that was committed, everyone we expected to sign signed, is, is a good thing. Now, when you talk about surprises or maybe things that were up in the air, clearly the Bowen and Akana situations were what most people were focused on. But when we were doing the signing day sh- uh, show and, you know, our producer Grant Wade got in our ear, Hey, Marcus strong has signed. That was one that this entire recruitment, once he got on the radar, you know, once we kind of talked to the staff about him, it just makes me wonder, man, because you look at the offer list and OU is far and away the premier program when it comes to his offer list. And it just makes me wonder. These are the type of recruits that I look at and I go, okay, what do Todd Bates and Brent Venables see that a lot of other people don't see. And I don't know, it just guys like that get me so intrigued. So when we got word that Marcus Strong is signed, it was one of those where I was like, oh, yes, I can't, because this is the type of prospect. I just can't wait to see how he turns out. He may accomplish very little. He may accomplish a whole lot at Oklahoma, Ted, but he is one of those prospects where we weren't talking a ton about him heading into today. And once that, that letter of intent came in. I go, okay, I cannot wait to see what happens with this dude. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Marcus Strong, uh, Taylor Wine, um, uh, Cade McIntyre, like there's a bunch of their lower rated players that I have I have a feeling are going to be some of the best players out of this class. Um, and that's what you want, right? You know, at the end of the day, once you once you get here and you strap the pads on, no one gives a damn where you were recruited at all. Actually, they're going to use it against you, right? Uh, whenever you first go out there, it's going to be like, oh, you're a five-star? Wow, interesting, because I'm just not seeing it right now. So you'll get some of that stuff. And I think, I think some of these lower-ranked guys – have a really, really high ceiling. There's some interesting guys in there. I I really like the the Taylor Wine guy. I think he has a chance to be an absolute stud. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Now, as part of the signing day stuff, we did get to interview two players. Uh, the first one, five-star QB, Jackson Arnold. Uh, we, you know, we had the pleasure of having him here on the podcast. We was good to catch up with him again today and – 
he just sounds like a guy that's ready to get here. Right. Yeah. It, it was one of those things. Well, oh, I got to go play in the Under Armour All-American game, and, but then I'll be in Norman. And he just seems, he seems very mature. And I've heard a lot of people, you know, we've talked to the staff about him, just a mature guy that has, you know, an intense focus about him. A guy that likes to have a good time, right? Uh, when it comes to interacting with his teammates and stuff like that. But man, I just, hearing hearing him talk about getting to Norman, it it gets you excited about, what the future can look like with him kind of being the face of the program. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, it was interesting when Coach Venable stopped by the set to do his interview, talked about that first interaction whenever he came up to to Norman and, you know, things went really well, sat there in the office for, what do you say, an hour and a half or so, and he was really nervous at first, but by the end of it, you know, they developed a, a really nice chemistry and, wasn't long after that they got the call and you know he's he's been a huge spokesman for them the entire time since then you know he's been instrumental like a lot of these quarterbacks are and not just bringing guys in but keeping them locked in like we had a rough year right six and six and he was he was a constant voice out there with the rest of this signing class making sure everyone was staying locked in and and you know had their had their eye on the long-term goal yeah but you land the five-star QB I think the argument could be made. He's the best quarterback in the entire recruiting class. Yep. You got to feel really good about it. Uh, the other guy we had the the pleasure of talking to was Makari Vickers. And I'll tell you right now, maybe my favorite player in the entire class. I I was a big fan of his tape, you know, when, when we were able to see his senior season highlights. But the fact that this guy's coming in early, and he straight up told us, I want to get into the program. I want to start working out. I want to start learning the system because he wants the best chance to get on the field as soon as possible. And I, you and I talked about it after he got off the Zoom. It was like, we just like that kid's vibe, man. I don't, I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know if it's just because he's a Florida guy and they have a certain swag about him. But Makari Vickers may be – he may be the guy, you know how we kind of choose our guy out of each recruiting class? Yeah. I may take Vickers, man. I liked it. I I, I like the pick, uh, if that's what you go with. You know, he he reminded me of, like, every now and then on draft day in the NFL, you'll see a player that gets drafted maybe higher than they thought or or something, and they're just like, beside themselves smiles and you see him talking to the GM and just beyond thrilled to be drafted. And like, there, here's a kid that could have gone to a bunch of places and he chose Oklahoma and he stuck with Oklahoma and it looked like Christmas morning to him today. Didn't it just cheesing all smiles, great personality, excited about the opportunity. It was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Now you mentioned, the fact that we got we got a long sit down with our man Brent Vittables. Uh, let's recap all the fun that we had with that. But first, football time in Oklahoma, people. There's nothing better to drink at the tailgate than Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that's already winning national awards because the product is delicious. Tastes exactly like a club special. But it's a seltzer, and they're not just for tailgating either. They're perfect to drink on the golf course, by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. 
If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is out. They got some new flavors in there. They got a new can. To find a place near you that has Clubby's, visit clubbyseltzers.com. And remember, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit Love's. Dot com And I messed up the rundown. So I'm going to do the Opolis read, Ted. Here we go. Opolis Clothing, the exclusive home for all of your Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com and use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. What'd you think of what Coach V had to say? I mean, he is just, dude, he he was a ball of electricity today. It was awesome. First of all, how about the jacket, right? Christmas Christmas Day jacket. Bright green and red showed up with some flash. It was awesome. Yeah, he uh he was ready to roll today, and it was funny. You know, we we only allocated a, a small part of the show to uh to have Coach Venables on, and I I think he would have gone on for an hour. You know, he was he was ready to go through each individual player and talk about them. So it was awesome. He was legitimately upset when we tried to wrap up the show it's like what's going on this is our show right he's like we can do what we want it's our show i was like you're exactly right and he i believe from the initial wrap up because i looked at my watch when uh grant whispered all right hey we need to start wrapping up i believe it lasted another like 19 minutes (laughs) (laughs) which is which is just so venables but you you mentioned the Jackson Arnold story. I love that. He talked about like, yeah, he was like sweating palm and super nervous. And I, he opened up about how open Jackson Arnold was with the staff throughout the rest of the recruitment. Right. You know, when other schools were throwing a bunch of money at Jackson Arnold, he was letting the staff know and letting them know that he was staying committed to Oklahoma and, I, I thought that I thought that that transparency was really interesting. And then something that Venable said about Jackson Arnold really stood out to me. And it, it's exactly what you want in your quarterback. He said he makes everyone around him better. And w- when he said that, that was one where I was like, damn, that's that's the guy you're looking for. So, yeah, it was, he gave us a lot of good stuff on Arnold. Yeah, he did. Um and, you know, I think they're excited to have him. I know he's excited to be here. And the skill set's there. 
you know, he's an athletic kid. He's a physical kid. Got a good, strong arm. Um, you know, we were watching his highlights, and and then even he talked about it afterwards. Like, there's there's some now. Obviously, it's high school and college, which is a different sport, but you know, there's some similarities in what he does in his offense to what he's going to be doing at Oklahoma. Now, there's going to be way more to it, obviously, but you know, some of just like the the basic concepts are fairly similar to what you know they're going to be wanting him to do at Oklahoma. Yeah. So he'll be here early and sounds like he's going to hit the ground running. Another thing that Venables told us that I, I think the fan base is going to really like, and, and he talks about guys character a lot and wanting to bring leaders into the program. And this was something he touched on when they brought guys in through the portal uh, before this season, he really likes when guys have been team captains. And he said 18 of the 24 guys that they signed were team captains this season for their high school teams. Uh, he talked about guts, courage, commitment, like all these things. But that's something I'd really never thought about, right? When you're an evaluating a recruit, and of course, you're evaluating him as a player and you're talking to his coaches and all those things, but a lot of those times, a lot of times, you know, those, those captaincies are voted on by your teammates in high school. And I, I thought that he, I thought it was interesting that he brought that up so early in that interview we did with him. He was like, Hey, 18 of these guys were captains this season. And dude, I'd never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. You want leaders. You want guys that uh, are willing to step to the front of the line and, you know, take some onus as to what's going on with the team and how the team carries itself and what goes on in the locker room and, you know, hold other players and, and um, teammates around them accountable. Like, that's what you got to have. Now, you're about to step into um, step into a, a, a locker room, hornet's nest with, you know, there's going to be 100 guys in there, and of the 100, it's probably going to be about the same percentage of those guys were team captains too. So in order to to make it at that level, you got to step your game up even more. Um, going to be starting from the bottom, but I agree. Like you want leaders, right? You want leaders that people felt comfortable previously in electing them to what you consider a leadership role uh, to represent that team. So now yeah, I think that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. There, there's no doubt about it. A um, couple other things. <laughs> During the signing day show, when Mike Houck raised up the sign that said Kendall Dolby has signed <laughs> so that we could talk about him, Venables looked at it. It was like, all right, we're talking about Dolby. It was, uh, that was pretty good. And he's a guy that, you know, coming from Juco, it's weird. You like, don't even think of Juco yeah. anymore with how the portal works and all this stuff. And of course, just traditional high school recruiting, but Venables made it sound like that's going to be a dude that's in the mix right away. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think that the transfer portal and junior college guys are way easier to hit on than high school recruits. There's there's a lot less guessing involved. There's still guessing. There's always guessing. But, you know, they've they've spent some time away from home. They've been in a college system where it's way more demanding, way, way more uh, demanding physically and mentally. 
you're going to see a bunch of the same concepts. You're going to start to speak the language of football. Uh, you know, the terminology is not always going to carry over across the board, but at least you can relate it to something that you've been doing. So, and you get to see some film against other recruited players, uh, which is critical. So I like it. And what did he say about him? He said, he's like the, the kitten that looks into the puddle to see his reflection and sees like a fierce tiger. Yeah. He's there, like, right? yeah. See, you see like a Siberian tiger in the reflection. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's so, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that is really confident and plays bigger than, than what he is, uh, you know, measured at. So that's a good thing. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. He touched on PJ Autobare a little bit and it's clear uh, they feel the sky's the limit for that guy. And he even said, like, he's just scratching the surface. So length, athleticism, he's got plenty of weight to put on. Uh, I I mean, the kid's a five-star, so you could only say he's just scratching the surface so much. But just it, it, he was almost salivating about the uh, the potential for Adebare in that defense. I was thinking about it, watching him on his highlights and trying to think of what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like an octopus. His arms are so long. You know what I'm saying? It's just like there's these like things that are out here. They're just, what, he got a seven-foot wingspan. And I, it's he's he's lean. He's super lean right now. But as the growing up and, you know, the arms and everything starts to slow down and you put on some some muscle, like, the potential is there for that guy to be, like, like what like whatever he wants to be, right? It's there for him to be, like, a future top five NFL pick, depending on the development. But the tools he has are – extremely rare there's just not a lot of people on the planet with those measurables no nope. just it's like he was built in a lab to play the edge position that's right you know that's so right. yeah it's it's exciting but you look at you look at some of the other stuff he said i thought this was interesting he just casually worked in the fact that he thought lewis carter may have been the best high school player in the entire state of florida it was just like, that seems rather significant. And he is not, he's not a hyperbole guy. So that one where I was like, yep, going to jot that note down because I thought that that was, that's quite the statement, man. There's, there's a lot of really good athletes, really good players coming to that state and oh, Venables. Boy. He, he didn't even bat an eye. He was like, I think he may be the best player coming out of the state of Florida. Yeah. And it, here's another kid like, what I love about some of these players, you know, particularly on the defensive side, because offensively we've had a lot of success recruiting top talent, but um, Adobare, um, Lewis Carter, some of these players, you're winning these recruiting battles against the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Florida States, the Michigans, like, the names that we haven't been able to win against previously, you know, our defensive recruits have been in a different class of competition with schools, you know, and to be able to, to get out of 
this recruiting class, especially considering the year we had, let's be honest, but still win those recruiting battles with those big name schools and NIL stuff floating around. Like it's, it's in a really impressive haul with what, the, what they've accomplished. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I, uh, one other thing he said about Caden green and he even mentioned like how difficult it is for offensive linemen to come in right away and to be a factor. But I mean, he said it multiple times. He thinks Caden green can help them right away. So no pressure. Okay. No pressure. You got it. But talked about, you know, how dedicated he is, how he's never wavered from OU. Um, and just that he's a massive human being, which is, which is kind of what you're looking for at the offensive line position. So, but that caught my attention that he thinks that Caden Green has the possibility of helping this team right away. So, what he said definitely is going to be able to play guard, but hopes that he'll be able to kick out and be a super effective tackle as well, right? Yeah. Usually you start outside, and if it doesn't go well, you just keep it, keep working your way in. <laughs> Ted. So I, I would assume they'll start him at tackle, see, you know, what his athleticism, what his quickness is looking like, and then they'll go from there. But certainly all kinds of people were after him throughout his entire recruitment and never wavered from Oklahoma. And that's a, it's a big time offensive line prospect for Bill Beatonbow to land. Uh, one other thing sounds like 13 of the freshmen out of, as of now, are planning on enrolling early. So that's a that's a big chunk of your class. That's that's a nice number, uh, especially when you think, hey, Jackson Arnold is going to be in. Both running backs are going to be in early when you think about positions of need, right? The fact that uh, Caleb Hicks and Smothers are both going to be in early, I, I, was, I was really pleased with that. With Andrew Rame out for who knows how long with the shoulder, who knows what spring ball looks like for him. The fact that Josh Bates is going to be in early and going to start to get some real reps, I would assume, at center would be – I think that's really good. So you've got you've got all kinds of guys that are going to be in early. But he mentioned their expectation is to get 22 to 26 new guys into the program for winter workouts. So we better keep our eyes on the portal. My dude. Yeah, I, I think as soon as these bowl games start to wrap up, I think there's going to be even more action in the portal because uh, it's if you going off of the numbers you threw out there, you're talking about 10 or more guys and what we've got three confirmed portal guys as of right now. Yeah. So there's going to be some action happening. Yeah. So uh, this thing ain't over. That that was kind of my takeaway when he told us. I was like, okay, there uh, there's going to be some some movement here uh, over the next couple of weeks. All right, let's do winners and losers, but we got to do birthday shoutouts first, man. Come on, well, we can't. Even though we're doing a different type of episode here, happy forty third birthday to David Faulkner. Happy upcoming fifty eighth birthday to Richard Winterrode. Let me explain the upcoming birthday. And I got no problem with people doing this. People are really starting to get them in in advance. Like, Hey, the birthday's like January 14th and stuff like that. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to hold on to that for that long. So we're going to work. And it's just going to be, Hey, 
upcoming birthday. That's the easiest way to do it, right? That's it. Perfect. Yep. Okay. I don't blame you. All right. Happy birthday to Kirk Lotus. Happy birthday to Alex Big Bell Bella. Nice. All right. Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. I messed up the rundown, so let me do these two ad reads in a row. But first, <laughs> attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. Ambition McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available all I know is there's one person that writes like the same review for our podcast, like every couple months. And they're like, the production quality is just not good enough. The ads you're, you guys are repetitive. You should have different people recording them. They're going to, that guy's going to hate this episode. <laughs> he also says we always belch during the episode, which is not true. That's that has never happened. He makes that up. I, but every couple months, same guy, same review, complaining about the production quality. And this is all I can say about that. Well, we do it all ourselves. We got some emails that are like, hey, just wanted to say, everyone that makes the show happen, we appreciate you. I was like, no, no, no. This is it, pal. This is all we got. <laughs> that's funny. I, I almost feel like that's like a, like a bot account or something. If there's like no one's ever belched during now, we've said some bad things, you know, perhaps, but I don't know. That's weird. Interesting. It is weird. And if I, I can go find the review real quick if you want me to, because they are, they are pretty, but they're very lengthy too. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, they're like paragraphs, but we don't belch. And yeah, it, this is production quality could be better. But yeah. the, I'm sorry. It's about the information. Okay. We're Thank not you. we're not selling you anything. We're not showcasing anything. Like that's where you need production. We're talking about football, man. So this is all you're gonna get. And and we don't belch, damn it. <laughs> all right. As always, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Oh, you men's hoops. Yes. I actually that. I think that's the first full game I've sat down and watched 
this season, and I was very pleased. Nice win out there at the Jordan Invitational. Let's go. Big win. Good win over Florida. Um, you know, Florida's a, a solid basketball team. That, like th- These are games that you need to win if you're going to talk about being a tournament team. Big 12 is going to be a gauntlet. So any type of uh, win that you can get outside of that, you got to grab it. And uh, they did a really good job. Um, Sherfield's a dude now. I, I, if he continues playing the way he is, he's going to give us a chance uh, pretty much no matter who we play. Continues to be money from three, was four or six against Florida. Um, you know, I will say, though, like offensively, it we it's tough to generate points. Right. Nothing. This is the way that I described it because my wife and I we were sitting there watching the game, and I was just like, "Nothing comes easy. They've got to work like it is, and and struggle's not the right word, but like they they have to work diligently to get shots. Like there's very few. Oh, like easy layup, easy dunk, uh, easy points off turnovers. Like there's not a lot of that for this team. There's just not. Yeah." Yeah, well, um, pushes it to nine and three. You know what? We start off uh, Big Twelve play coming up pretty quick. Open up against Texas, right? And unfortunately, when we get to conference play, buddy, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be tough. I saw, um, or I heard rather, Toby talking about the bracketology, and Lenardi said that had Oklahoma State played their game and won which they hadn't played yet. It's not like they lost. They just hadn't played yet. It would have been the first time since he's done it at any point during a season where he would have had every single team from a conference in the, in the tournament. So just kind of gives you a little bit of a glimpse, how difficult the big 12 is going to be this year. Yeah. The it's going to be a grind, man, with the way that Kansas and Baylor and TCU, Kansas state, is one of the surprise teams in the country. Texas. Texas. That the Chris Beard situation has gone quiet. So which means he'll be back midseason. I I don't know, man. That's a that's a bad, bad situation there. Yeah. But the only thing I'll say about Sherfield, the guy can get buckets. What's he doing with that undershirt? What's going on there? He's got the like short sleeve tight one that's just below the shoulder. You know, I listen, the guy could ball. I'm rooting for him, but what are we doing with the with the undershirt? What's going on there? Who knows? He's shooting like 55, 60% from three. It could be as simple as he forgot his good looking undershirt and in a pinch had to throw that one on in a game. And he's been ringing it up from three since he's been wearing it. And until an opportunity presents itself to get back to the other undershirt, you just roll with it. If, uh, I mean, you can't walk away from that undershirt. If you're on a heater, man, you just can't. And the way it sits on the shoulder, maybe it gives like the perfect resistance for the three. He's shooting 57% from three. Never mind. Sherfield, keep wearing it. (laughs) Don't change a thing. Yeah, he's one of the leaders in the country right now. Yeah, that's awesome. But going to be a fun year for Porter Moser in in the hoop squad. Now, not going to be easy, like you mentioned. But we need to get Porter on. We need to get him on. 
Uh, we need to get get some excitement going for OU basketball. There's been a lot going on. We probably haven't given them enough enough attention. But now that Big Twelve play is is getting getting going, I think their first game's New Year's Eve against Texas. Um, once that gets going, we'll we'll get more into the swing of things. And everyone's favorite segment may come back: football guys talking basketball, which is why everyone listens <laughs> to this podcast for our our dynamic hoop takes. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's going to be a fun year. Big 12 is going to be packed full of action and uh, tough as always. Every game's going to be good. Yep. All right, who do you have as your loser of the week? I had to go with NFL fans. Um, Franco Harris has passed mm. away two days before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Um, just a, an absolute stud, icon of the sport. You know, those old Steeler teams are just so amazing, so cool. I remember the first time <laughs> – it's funny. The first time I saw that play was like seventh grade, eighth grade on a – like a like you have, I don't know, like second or third hour athletics in junior high. And usually we go do something like – we we're outside or we're in the, in the gym. It was like a bad weather day. So the coach just threw on like an old NFL tape of like just random old highlights. And they went through a bunch of old plays. And I remember watching the Steelers and, and seeing the play from Franco Harris and uh, just that group of, of nasty, like that's what you think about with tough, gritty, nasty football players. So hated to see that 72 years old, and again, just two days shy of the fiftieth anniversary of the uh, the Immaculate Reception. Have you have you ever been through the Pittsburgh airport? I don't think so. I well, y- yeah, I have, but I don't remember anything from it. I I if I remember correctly, there's two statues. I think I did. I, am I making this up? Did I dream this at one point? No, I'm pretty sure it's like George Washington and then Franco Harris next to each other. Am I making this up? Google this real quick. I swear it up. I swear like you walk into this part of the Pittsburgh airport and they're right next to each other. And it just like, it's a perfect description of, of the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. That well, I think that's George. It's definitely Franco Harris, and it's definitely a colonial. That's got to be George Washington. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. I there I, statue. That's not what I expected when you said statue. I thought it was going to be like a bronze statue. This is like a lifelike color. It's almost like one of those wax figures. It's like Madame Tussauds or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked. Yeah. I remember seeing it be like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, but yeah. Great. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad I wasn't crazy. That's good. You can't George stop Washington staring at it. Taller now. than, uh, taller than Franco Harris. Probably would have been a Mike backer. Yeah. George Washington, big guy. That's what the history guy. books tell me. <laughs> this, Oh, uh, what an episode. Leave, All right, let's the, get to my winner. The bad review below. Yeah, here Go comes ahead. the belching review again. <laughs> let's get to my winner and loser. But first. 
First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. Uh, Peyton Bowen update. Still no update. Just mm. checked uh, Just checked uh, Oregon football's Twitter. Nothing. Nada. All right. Nada. Huh. The plot's Interesting. Sticky. Interesting. Also, if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still bourbon it's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round remember in 2012 balcony single malt won the best in glass competition beating brands like johnny walker and mccallan this stuff is the real deal people if you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price then balcony's products are the only way to go the whiskey may be made in texas but the owners are from oklahoma to find a liquor store that has it visit balconiesdistilling.com all right for my winner of the week Thought about going with Illinois football. Blocked Brett Bielema up, man. Nice salary bump. I think it's like $6 million or so a season. He's done a really nice job there in his first two seasons, man. He's He's got that program on the rise. Like, you, you got to feel good if you're an Illini fan right now. Isn't it crazy? Which, uh, congratulations to him and Illinois, but isn't it crazy that Illinois has a $6 million a year head coach. Like that used to be not very long ago. He would have been the highest paid coach in college football. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, that's, that's going to be like, we're going to get to a point. If you're coaching in the sec or the big 10 with all the money that's coming in with those new media rights deals, all these dudes are going to be getting paid. 10 is going to be the number before long. And I I don't think if you, if you have a really good coach and you are not in the big 10 in the sec in the future, you should be worried about losing your coach Yeah, because those conferences, they're just going to be able to pay more, right? Because they're just going to be bringing in so much more money. So it's interesting, but yeah, crazy. Yeah. Or man, Bielema's getting paid. Let's go. All right. But my winner of the week Fire it up, Ted. Fire it up. College football QB carousel. Here we go. Here we go. Bo Nick's coming back to Oregon. That's big time, man. That's he big had for them, a man. Hell of a year. Accounted for over what, 40 touchdowns? Something crazy like that. I think it was like 27 passing, only six interceptions, uh, like 14 rushing touchdowns. He had an incredible year. 70, over 70% completion. It's crazy. Yeah, and I assume that he's being taken care of from an NIL perspective as well with 
how good he was this year. Also, you've got Michael Penix coming back to Washington. So all of a sudden, the Pac-12 looks really fun next season. I, I We talked way more Pac-12 football on here this year than I thought we ever would. And with Caleb Williams back at USC, with Bo Nix back at Oregon, Michael Penix back at Washington, Cam it's lined Cam Rising, like it's lining Deion up like a son at Colorado, dude. It's lining Arizona up. Arizona kid. We may have to talk more Pac-12 next year. Damn I it! I, I mean, it. it could be really fun out there next season. And you know, when when the Pac-12 is good and entertaining, I think that's that's good for all college football. Uh, more really good football is good for everyone. Yep. Uh, Max Duggan. Let's continue on the carousel. Max Duggan. Going to play in the college football playoff. And then he'll said he's going to enter the NFL draft. Now he's accepted an invite to the senior bowl, which is going to, that's going to be a huge week for him. But won't lie, did not see this one coming. I thought he was going to be a guy that was going to come back for another season. I know they're going to lose a lot uh, on the offense line. He's going to lose Quentin Johnson. He's going to lose a bunch of pieces. Maybe, maybe he loses Kendra Miller as well. Maybe that was kind of what drove him to this decision, but it seems like an NIL perspective, he would have been able to rake it in there in Fort Worth with how well-liked he is. Um, Surprised or no? Surprised, yes, but I think it's probably the right decision, even though – like if you're just talking about maximizing your value, it's probably the right decision. I know the the quarterback class is going to be lighter next year, perhaps, but is is he really going to be able to replicate the crazy run that TCU's been able to put together this year? I don't know. I mean, it, this looks to me like just a classic selling whenever your your stock is at an all time high. That's what I think this is. Can't really knock him for it. I I, I don't think he's going to get drafted very high for, for multiple reasons. I think his heart is going to be like the, the surgery he had, even though like I don't know anything about it. But I feel like that's going to be something that's kind of used to when, get you a little bit. With the when NFL. a team opens the medical file and the first thing is heart surgery, right. it's not a good starting point. Right. So I, I think there's there's going to be a lot of reasons to knock him. But that being said, I, I'm not going to say that he can't turn into a, a legit NFL quarterback. I think he's got some some really good tools. Yeah. I'll be rooting for him, man. He's likable as hell. Yep, he is. So uh, I, I will be rooting for him to have a long, successful NFL career. He's the type of guy you're going to look up. He's going to be a backup. It's going to be like year 12. He's still playing? It's like, oh, hey, Duggan got a spot start. He threw for 258, two touchdowns, no interceptions, had 60 yards rushing. You know, like, you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. But it's, you know, I I wish the best for him. Uh, Got some business to take care of before he worries about the draft. Yeah. And then last thing on the QB carousel, Devin Leary. Uh, was one of the hottest names in the transfer portal, uh, former NC State quarterback, expected to transfer to Kentucky. 
the big get for Mark Stoops, right? You go from Will Levis, who seems like even though he didn't play very good football this year, he's going to be a top 10, top 15 pick in the NFL draft. And now you bring in Devin Leary. That's not too shabby for Mark Stoops, man. Have you seen that video of Levis throwing like seven on seven practice in an indoor facility? I just what? saw it. Yeah, someone posted it yesterday. I don't know when it's from, but I was like, "Oh my god!" I can't believe that he could throw the football like that. I, I've seen him play, like what he looks like on the field. Like I'm not saying he's bad, but I was shocked at some of the throws that he was making and the arm talent that I saw. Shocked. He, he was that impressive. He can rip it. I mean, yeah. he can rip it, and he's got he's got the size. He's got everything. He's got the intangibles. Right. It. It's not quite a Josh Allen situation, but it's one where you're like, that's a big athletic dude that's got a rocket attached to his arm. We'll take our chances with him. So, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. All right. For my loser of the week, thought about going with some of you people. You know who you are. You told me I was crazy when I said that Shea Gilgis Alexander could have a chance to win the scoring title this year. I know who you are. I saved the tweets and currently, SGA sitting at number three, only behind Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic when it comes to leading scorers in the National Basketball Association. Also, beautiful game winner the other night against the Blazers. I mean, Winslow didn't have a chance of guarding him on that play. He good, Ted. He real good. Did I see that he's also won like a an award for like best dressed or something like that or most stylish. GQ's most stylish man of 2022. Ooh, that's a close second to the scoring title. That you're that I, I guarantee he'd rather have the GQ probably. <laughs> no, but uh he's playing some really good basketball and it just gets me excited for the future of the Thunder. It it really does. But my my loser of the week this is going to sound this is going to sound weird. Uh, people that believe in justice and people that believe that life should be fair. <laughs> because Robert Sarver was a garbage owner of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. He, after the NBA did their investigation, their findings, he was accused of sexism, racism, just kind of sounded like an awful person. They suspended him for a year. They fined him $10 million. And he's about to sell his team or his share, whatever, for $4 billion, Ted. Matt Ishbia, former Michigan State Spartan, walk on on Tom Izzo's 2000 National Championship team, going to buy the majority of those shares. Why, why do good things happen to bad people? What the hell, man? I don't know. Um, after hitting the, the straight flush of isms, he's able to, uh, to sell a team for $4 billion. And I don't know. I, it's, it's crazy. The richer you get, the more likely you are to continue to just fall ass backwards into money. It, it happens that way. It's shocking, but it's real. Yeah. He, he may not be the best person after that investigation, uh, after we saw those findings, but seems like he just made a hell of a profit. Life's not always fair, man. Sarver, his group, I looked it up, bought the Suns for a cool 401 million 
back in 2004. And don't you know someone tried to talk him out of it? Like, come on, dude, it's the Suns, man. There's no way. I. It's going to be so much work. It's not going to go up in value. It's peak. You're buying them at their absolute peak. Ten times. Four billion dollars. Now, I bet those Suns employees are awfully happy, right, to have this behind them. And everything I could find on Ishbia was that seems like a really good dude in the mortgage lending game. I don't I don't know, Michigan guy. Uh, well, went to Michigan State, but company's Michigan based. Couldn't find anything terrible. No isms about us that I could find. Not, not yet, anyways. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, you know, essentially, if you're able to buy a professional sports team like a legit, like an NBA or NFL or Major League Baseball. And you're welcomed in, into the group. It, you might as well have just bought a money printing press. It's really all it is. With profit sharing and everything that they do, it doesn't even matter if you feel a stance or if you're horrible. It's a printing press. Just ask Robert Sarver. <laughs> That's right. Oh, on that note, episode 277 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday. I think we're, we're not people. We love you. We ain't recording on Christmas day, but it's just not going to happen. So the plan is we're going to try to get it done Monday morning ish. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll be able to knock that out morning of the 26th. And so it'll be probably be in your feed around noon or so. So you can expect that, but don't expect it to be there. The normal time on Sunday, it's, it's Christmas. Spend time with your family. Right. right. You will. There'll be a Peyton Bowen update at some point, right? You, yeah. Uh, one last check. Point. Peyton Bowen update as of 5.50 p.m. Central Standard Time. Still nothing from Oregon football's official Twitter about Peyton Bowen signing. Nothing what if it's at just all. like a, the fax machine is messed up or he sent it to the wrong number on the on the fax? Oops, he actually sent it to Brent Venables. Whoops. <laughs> so uh, we are still living in a world where we don't know where Peyton Bowen's going to play college football. So maybe that changes yep. by the next time that uh, that we get on here. But hope you guys all have an awesome weekend. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, however you celebrate it. Enjoy it. We appreciate you guys for listening. And until next time, what you always do, Oklahoma, take care of each other.